And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by Connor Ryan. Connor, what's up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. As always, we're brought to you by FanDuel and HelloFresh, our two great partners. Uh, today, Connor, on Monday, again, this is coming out Tuesday. We're recording Monday. Big day around Boston. It is the Bean Pot. Your school is in it. Your school is in it. Mine, not a part of the bean pot. That's okay. I'm, that's fine. Let the Boston schools do what they want to do. Have fun. Have fun. I will I will bask in the beauty of Western Mass, the rolling hills. Did you see the tweet I retweeted? Uh, someone, uh, it was a picture of Shrek. I forget what part of the movie it was, but coming up. When, when coming he's up, walking a Duloc and it's like, this is me walking <laughs> to campus. I was like, that's, This that's is the UMass campus. Real. And I was <laughs> yes. like, that's so realistic. Yes. It is true. It's like you go out in Western Mass and it's just a lot of, you know, farms and uh, rolling hills and this and that. And it's just like the Du Bois library <laughs> that's like 30 stories high in the middle. And you can see it from like every direction for miles. So, and that's don't forget, the, don't forget the top rated, uh, on campus food, I believe. Oh, I believe you, you can you smell that like from miles. Yeah. away. Exactly. Yeah. You can smell that from miles away, but tonight is the bean pot. Monday's the bean pot, uh, Northeastern Harvard first BUBC second. So it should be good. I feel like this is like one of those scene like photos that precede unfortunate events is like, <laughs> if you get absolutely smoked, which they won't, but you know, just just in case, it would if be really unfortunate. Did, though, Evan, it would be bad. It'd be really unfortunate if someone was to clip that photo of like BU getting smoked by BC. It'd be really unfortunate. I know none of our fans would do that though. So we no, have, no, we, we have classy, upstanding, highly college educated fans who go to a great school like Boston University. So they would, and, and they thing. and they respect that uh, they would never take us out of context or anything like no, that. No, no, screenshot no. something. No, never, Heavens, ever, no. ever. No, no, of course, not. it's not something they would ever do. Um, B, if BU did lose three in a row though to BC, it wouldn't be great, Evan. I yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm not trying you. to be. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'd be pretty fucking sad. <laughs> that would not be good for you, uh, or BU if that was the case. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. Um, unfortunate. This part of me that's kind of disappointed we don't get BC BU in the final. Should automatically want that- be the case. It, it kind of feels like it is. I know that Northeastern and Harvard, uh, Northeastern's starting to find their game. Harvard's been struggling all year. They lost a ton. They're a very, very young team, so you got to give them props. But, um, yeah, I would rather see BC, BU in the final. But, hey, what are you going to do? Happens. Hopefully, I mean, breaks. the only thing is the, the thing with the bean pot is Harvard never really has much of a fan section. So, no, if they're they in the final. Like- it's going to be boring. Yeah, exactly. It's it's never they always mean well. Like you always have the the few dedicated fans that show up. You're like, you know what? It's easy. It's easy to root for Harvard, which is not usually the case for a up and coming underdog school institution like Harvard University. But no, always, like, it is kind of root for them a little bit, right? And then like twenty five fans show up. But you know what? They mean well. Good, they good do. Harvard. They do. They do. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Again, it already happened when you're listening to it, so you guys know what happened. Um, Go be you. Bruin. Bruins are back. Bruins are back in session. They kick off Tuesday night uh, after being back from the All-Star break. Uh, the stars were out in the All-Star game. You had Justin Bieber with uh, Jim Montgomery behind the bench, I thought was terrific. Uh, yes. You had uh, Tate McRae taking photos with Jeremy Swayman. Um, I got to be honest, I did not know who Tate McRae was until the Bruins did their TikTok where they were lip-syncing yes. to one of her songs. And I, again, 
I'd like to think I'm with the times. I'm up with the latest hip trends that the kids are talking about and liking. I didn't know who Tate McRae was until then. I do know who she is now. She seems cool. Her music's pretty good. I guess I'm a fan. There you go. Yeah, so, I, I just learned that. about the gr- I just learned about the gritty Evans, so I'm still trying to catch up. So you didn't know what the gritty was before? No, I'm just doing it now. When you see me walk <laughs> into the garden tonight, I'll just be grittying through. <laughs> You're grittying under the camera right now, just yes. like you know, moving your mm-hmm. arms and everything. Um, Des is gonna but, go yeah. flying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If only if only we were uh, if you only could see our full bodies on camera, we would be just grittying mm-hmm. the whole time. Yes. Um, anyways, the Bruins are back, uh, and Jake DeBrusque on Sunday was asked about a contract extension, because again, you wrote about this for Boston.com, um, a decision has to be made at some point, you know, you're either going to go into the offseason with him unsigned, uh, or you're going to sign him, or you're going to trade him, you do have to figure something out there if you're the Bruins, uh, and he said, uh, quote, it's one of those things that I hope it gets done. I have an agent for a reason. I've obviously been with this organization for my whole career. Um, I feel like I know where I stand in this lineup. I feel like I know where I am with the guys in this room in the city as well. I think I'm more so open probably to longer term. I think everyone wants to be a Bruin for as long as they can. I don't know exactly. I don't have a number that I'm exact on on either side, honestly. I think he probably does have a number, um, yes. but I get what he's doing. Uh, where are you at with DeBrusque and what they should do with him. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I know that he's a, uh, a divisive player. I would say, I think you're either in like the, there's one or two camps here and you can't really tow the the middle ground in terms of, you know, what kind of player he is. I still <laughs> think when you look at uh, where exactly his value is in terms of being a top six player can be a 20 goal scorer is really good two way player, strong defensively. I don't know where you're going to get that value on the open market if you are going to move him. And I think that's kind of the worst case scenario for the Bruins. Again, worst case scenario, like you could get a very good first round pick, something like that back in return for him. That being said, when you look at the way this team is built, when you look at uh, what could be a pretty promising cup run for this team, you don't want to move a guy who's a top six fixture, who's still on pace for 20 plus goals, contributes on the PK, does all those things. Um, So if there is a spot available ideally you'd like to keep him but again you have to be the Bruins you have to be very realistic take a pragmatic approach that if he's set on going to market if you guys aren't able to agree to terms on something you know in the middle ground whether that's a long-term deal around maybe what like I know Steve Conroy the Herald mentioned like Owen Tippett's new contract I don't know if he's going to get like Brendan Hagel money which was 6.5 million but if you can get a long-term deal you know 5.5 6 million Uh, I mean, you lock him in long term. I think you still have to do that if you're the Bruins. But if you can't bridge that gap, you have to kind of confront some pretty hard truths, right? Because uh, I don't think this is a guy that as valuable as to this current team, you also can't let him walk, right? This isn't like the Tory Krug situation where, all right, we know he could walk, but he's still valuable to this current team when we have guys like Chara and Bergeron and Krejci. We can't just sell off. We can't do be a soft seller at, at the deadline. So it's an interesting spot for the Bruins to be in. I think if they do move him, it's probably the uh, maybe one of the worst case scenarios in terms of you're moving a really valuable asset that you can't retain, obviously. Um, but we'll see kind of what the conversations are. I think if you're the Bruins, before you talk about what they add to the deadline, what they're targeting, you got to figure out what the clarity is with DeBrus future before you do any of those steps moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, with them being first in the East, 
or for, you know first in the Atlantic, and I think they're still first in the East. Yeah, it's hard to justify dealing off DeBrusque for like picks, right? Like, and and I said this throughout the whole year of he is he could get you legitimate picks in return, which yeah. you need. Which again, like I'm not walking that back. I just think they've played themselves into the point where they are contending for the cup. Um, now where he fits in, I guess in some ways, you know, you look like Kuzmenko going for Lindholm, but that still took like a first and, uh, a top prospect and all this, yeah. all, all that stuff. I guess if you were to trade DeBrusque, which again is really the worst case scenario at this point, I know some people would love that. I do think that, you know, definitely impacts things big time. Um, if you were to trade him, it would have to be in a package for someone better who is definitely you know bettering you short term and long term because again like he does fit here and he has fit here and he's had success in the past here and you look at like i I saw in your story jay fresh's card on debrusque i think he's in the 90th percentile uh Mm -hmm. for all players like his the production hasn't been there at all times but the consistent two-way, you know, impactful play kind of has. And again, that's not worth $7 million a season. We've said that over and over this year. But at the same time, there is value to that. And if at the very worst, you're going to get a guy who's contributing in small ways, but still can get you as a floor 20 goals, you know, 45 points. Again, he should be doing better than that. I'm not saying I'm not justifying that. But maybe you do sign him to a five and a half, six million dollar a year deal that's long term, knowing that's what you're going to get throughout the entirety of it. Because as you said, where else are you going to find a top six winger who could potentially get you thirty goals and have the impact that DeBrusque has had? I don't know. You're, I, I don't know if you're getting that in a trade. Like I don't know if you're getting that. You're definitely not getting that in the open market. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think. Y- y- if they're going to keep him, which I think at this point, unless a big deal opens up where you can deal him and you're better and you're not giving up a first-round pick, which, again, I don't know what world that exists in, you probably do have to re-sign him, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's probably the best-case scenario for all parties involved. Again, if the Bruins sign him for eight years at $8 million, then you're like, oh, okay, maybe <laughs> then, not Then that's that. bad. We, we can agree on right, that. Right, right. But I agree with what you said that like if a bigger deal comes across where he's uh, a headline piece of you know something and again I, I don't know what a hypothetical one if let's say you get a a top four guy with term like I don't know fucking like Hannafin or something like that where you sign him to an extension you have a top four guy maybe you weigh that especially if DeBrust wants to go to market you're making the most of an asset that you're not going to have going forward um, again if he's set on going to market and you have to move him for a first round pick or get some returns. I guess you have to do that. But again, I, I could see if the Bruins hit the point where they have to move him for an asset um, because he wants to go to, to free agency. I'm sure you'll get a lot of people being like, oh, just put up put up Merkulov, put up Lysel, they're ready. And it's like, I understand like the fact that you have these younger players who maybe have a high ceiling offensively. But as you said, this few guys in like DeBrusque where, yes, I, we know he's a very uh, up and down scorer in terms of, you know, you can't maybe – Maybe it's not good to just go into the year expecting 30 goals. I think it's safe to assume he'll get you around 20 a year. But how steady he is defensively, how much he's, you know, hasn't really fallen into Montgomery's doghouse this year. He's still averaging like 17 minutes of ice time per game. Yeah. Uh, if you're going into this year or you're moving on from Nebraska and you're putting in a guy like Lysel or, or uh, Merkulov, one, they're not going to be trusted in that same amount of time. They're not getting those PK reps. 
not even close. That's Montgomery's underused yeah. them all year when they come up. And again, if you hit free agency, yes, the Bruins have cap space and you'd have more if you're not signing a guy like the Bruce, but which winger is out there that can give you, you know, 20 plus goals plus that really safe floor of a really strong defensive play. That's where the issue is. Like if you have to move them, so be it. That's the way the market dictates things. It'd be unfortunate, but I just can't see a contingency plan where the Bruins should be looking at, you know, selling off DeBrusque as a top option right now. And again, I'm even looking at free agency of like, who's going to be available this off season. And there's, I, I don't find anyone that fits no. his role, you know, where you can get him for, for, for less money. Um, I just don't think there is, you have the cap space. It's not going to kill you. Um, the cap's going to continue to move up. And again, like if, De, if they, let's say they get to brusque at, you know, six years at five and a half, six million. Like, I don't think that's awful. There are going to be people who say that's an overpay that, it, that that's not worth it. But I just think for what he can provide and what he, you know, uh, what his role is and what it can be, I just think yeah. the floor is good enough to justify the ceiling. And that's a great quote, by the way. I think we, we got to start using that more. The floor is good enough to justify the ceiling. But I think that works in DeBrusque's case. It, yeah, it, it adds up. The walls push it up and it, and yes. it works. Yes. It, it all makes sense. Uh, speaking of things that make sense, our friends over at FanDuel, Connor, the Super Bowl is on. Uh, we're on the verge of the Super Bowl. And there's no better place to make the Super Bowl more fun than FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Uh, so anyways, Jake DeBrusque, obviously divisive uh, among fans. I get that. But um, I just, in terms of a trade, like I don't know. Like if you dealt him for picks right now, right? Like if you went out and again, he's worth a first. The way the trade did, Sean Monahan got a first-round pick. Jake yes. DeBrus could get you a first-round pick. The problem is you're probably dealing him. You're dealing him to another playoff team. You're hurting your chances because he's helped you this year. I know his scoring has not always been there, but he's helped you. You're hurting your chances. Um, I don't know how you make it work where you add to your team. Like I don't know what deal you're making. Like, I mean, the Penguins aren't giving you Jake Gensel. And Jake, it would take more than DeBrus to get Gensel, so that's not going to work. Um, so again, I don't know what situation you trade him in, unless Don Sweeney comes out and says, "Look, we're gonna, you know, we dealt him for picks. Um, we're cool with that. We're gonna replace him internally. We'll get a couple depth options at the deadline, something like that." But other than that, I, I don't know 
they're cup contenders now. That's the thing. Like, it, and they've they've priced they've moved themselves out of the. Oh, we're just gonna you know trade DeBrus for picks. So I don't see you don't see them trading him for picks, do you? No, I think the only scenario where they would is just if they can't bridge the gap in terms of a contract, right? Like, because again, I think the Bruins really have to take a long. And again, it's not set in stone. They could try to do the same thing where they he goes to market, but they have the inside edge and they work things out. But if you're the Bruins, I think you just have to kind of steel yourself against that scenario playing out. Like, I think they view him as a long term piece. They see where his value is, but if he's set on going to market, he's going to get eight years at 6.5. He's going to get the Brendan Hagel contract, yeah. which a team probably will offer him that, especially if he ends the year on a high note or he does has a good playoff run. It's probably going to happen. So I think if you're the Bruins, the only, you know, if you're trying to make the best out of a crappy situation, then yes, you can move him for picks. It's just as much as you're making the most out of an asset that maybe you won't have in a couple of months, still hurts your overall product both this year and the years ahead. Guy's 27. Like, ideally, you keep him here, and he should be a pretty productive top six guy for the next, what, four, five, six years, right? So I don't think you I want agree. to move him unless it's a, a, the situation completely falls apart in terms of whatever the term, money, whatever that may be for a new contract. And, I mean, we always say, you know, oh, the contract will look better as time goes along because the cap will go up and this and that. It also could look better because as he's getting older and maturing as a player and as a person off the ice and his game is rounding out, the production could be more consistent as the years go along. There's also that end of it, right? Like, I think we always look at the negative of what if he's inconsistent for all six years? What if he, you know, uh, the production falls off and, and this and that and he gets unhappy here? Well, what about the other end of it where it's like, well, what if he finds that production and what if it is consistent 30 goal seasons and that contract looks cheap because he's way better than the money that he's getting paid so there is that element to it too um you gotta look at the good and the bad you know sometimes people they don't look at the good and the bad enough uh but something that is always good i can tell you i can give a stamp of approval always good is our good friends over at hellofresh so connor some breaking news just broke uh in the last minute or so, uh, a picture has surfaced of Charlie McAvoy in a BC hat. And, and, and the quote, he, and a, he said, quote, he said, quote, uh, I always wish I went to Boston college. It was my number one school, but I didn't get in. So I went to BU instead, um, rooting for the Eagles tonight. Go Eagles. So chat uh, GPT. Wow. Did that. That's, that, that's wow. AI. That's, that's not true. That's crazy. He said it's that. Deep I, fake. I never expected that out of Charlie McAvoy. That was Wow. Um, he's, a no, well -educated, he, he's a well-educated uh, person from Boston University. He would never say such a thing. He would never take that long true. commute all the way out to Newton. That little no, story. he would never do that, ever. Uh, he, he did two years at BU, right? Freshman, sophomore year, I think. He did two years. Yes. Um, uh, no, he he lost a bet with uh, John McClain about cause the B, BCBU, uh, cause the BCBU series. Uh, thought that was funny. Hags tweeted that out. Uh, anyways, uh, Derek Forbert, some news out of uh, practice on Monday. Derek Forbert, a uh, new injury is going to be out for a little bit. This sets it a bigger thing. He's been dealing with injuries pretty much all season long. He's the only kind of uh, big left shot, tough shutdown defenseman that they have. Penalty kill specialist type guy. A guy that when the playoffs come around, you would like to have in the lineup. Um, does this increase their urgency with going out and getting a not just a depth, defenseman but someone who could kind of fill Forbert's role yeah no absolutely I mean I think Forbert's a guy you look at um how strong he was especially early on in this year he's been pretty rusty since coming back from 
LTIR. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's dealing with a lot of really lingering injuries. And as you said, I don't think whatever he dealt with in training camp is completely healed. Now you add another injury on top of that. Add in the fact that the he's at his best when he's like getting, you know, he's blocking five or six shots a game, playing really taxing minutes. Not the most conducive way to ease back into uh, a, a couple of injuries like that. So no. I do think that is something you have to look at if you're the Bruins. And again, what does that what does that entail? Are you looking at um, you know, a guy like Hannafin? Probably not, right? That's a legit top four guy, and that would include, as we said before, DeBrusque and other assets going there. Is a guy like Jacob Middleton, who I believe Scott McLaughlin of WEI mentioned. Really good player, really good underlying numbers, big body, um, plays on the PK. Again, he's a, a guy who's maybe been under the radar, but has really good numbers, um, has another year of control. So that's going to be pricey in terms of what it's going to take to get a guy like him. So maybe it's, you know, maybe not a depth defenseman, but if it's a guy like Ilya Lavushkin, who's over in, on the West Coast now, played in uh, Buffalo before physical guy probably more better suited for a third pairing role maybe look more at those players uh we i mentioned this on my last podcast with ty where it was like all right they do have a guy like parker weatherspoon who's really impressed but it's also asking a lot for a guy to be like a pleasant surprise to being a guy who's playing 18 minutes a night in the playoffs yes agree i completely agree and if you think he is which again i haven't seen anything to steer away from the assertion that he could be ready for that role got to play him in these these upcoming games right like it's all good when you play him against you know a team like ottawa but let's see how he does against a team like vancouver let's see what he does against a team like tampa bay coming up like let's see what exactly he can do because it, he has exceeded expectations with a spoon but if he's going to be in a featured role in this lineup uh in crunch time not going to be easy you're going to be killing a lot of penalties blocking shots all that kind of stuff so um they do have options there with a guy like Weatherspoon, but I do think you have to kind of leave no stone unturned. And if it's maybe a third pairing regular guy in the lineup, maybe that's where you focus your attention, this trade deadline, instead of maybe like a, a bottom six physical winger or something like that. Yeah. I, as this forward stuff continues to sort of unravel uh, as the season's gone along, I think it, it does raise the need for someone who could fit that role. I agree with you on Wartherspoon. I mean, he's been great in the times that he's up here. But I think you're a better, te- better team going into the playoffs when he's your seventh defenseman um, and someone that, you know, oh, if we need him in a pinch, he can step in and we know what we're going to get instead of, hey, he's going to be the third pairing guy with Kevin Shattenkirk and that's that. I think it's a much different story when that's the case. So I agree with you. I think Middleton makes sense. Um, but, you know, as you said, everyone's more expensive at the deadline. And, you know, it's rare that you find kind of a diamond in the rough, uh, you know, player who nobody else is after because it's you know everybody's got analytics departments everybody's got scouting teams uh you know teams no teams notice other teams you know hidden gems and that drives the price up um so i would rather they not spend like a first on a third pairing defenseman um but i agree with you i think it also um should be a depth third pairing guy rather than like noah hannafin you know where it's like that's gonna cost a lot a lot of teams are gonna be in on him um, I'm curious to see where he ends up. Um, just, you know, yeah. local guy, good top four left shot defenseman. So, um, we'll see what happens there. I think that's one of the big storylines to watch in the second half is like, what, you know, what do they do on D at the deadline? Um, because I think, you know, with Forbert's injuries, they're starting to need it. Um, anyways, Connor, that's been this episode of Bruins beat. Uh, what can the people look forward to from you over at the globe and boston.com? 
Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way this year, whether it's game recaps, features, breakdowns, looking ahead at the deadline, a few possible trade targets. We'll, we'll dive into all that stuff over at Boston doc, boston.com, so you can read all of my stuff over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Teenage week.